What is going on, baseball fans? We are back. Welcome to episode one of season two of This Week in Baseball, presented by Diamond Digest. I'm your host, Jordan Lazowski, and I'm joined by quite the lovely crew this lovely morning. We've got Diego Franco Carreno, the A's fan this morning instead of the Giants fan. We have Man. Sean Huff, the always Philadelphia Phillies fan, and Thatcher Zalewski, the fellow White Sox ride or die fan. How are we doing this morning, gentlemen? Good, good, good. Doing well. Yes. Awake, yes, Diego, over there? As awake as you yeah. can be? Oh, yeah. Awake enough. With the product placement of the Diamond Digest coffee mug. What product placement? I don't know what you're we are. About. We are doing well. This is a seasoned crew right here. If you're new to the page or new to This Week in Baseball in general, what we do during the season every week, we recap what's happened in the past week, in this case, week and a half of the season. And we tell you some of the highlights, some of the analysis, some of the recaps. And then we tell you what to look forward to this coming week. Uh, maybe a certain game to pay attention to, maybe a certain debut, something like that. Uh, so we got plenty of fun for you on this podcast. We're going to do something a little different with the news updates than we have in the past. But first, let's get to the standings updates. Um, as you know, they are not doing expanded playoffs in Major League Baseball this year. So it will be back to a five-team per league playoff. So if the season ended today, the Boston Red Sox would win the AL East. The Minnesota Twins would win the AL Central. And the Houston Astros and LA Angels would be tied in the wild, or excuse me, in the AL West. Whichever team would not be winning that tiebreaker would be the AL wildcard leader. And the final AL wildcard team would be the Cleveland Indians. If we head over to the National League, the Philadelphia Phillies would win the NL East. Yeah, Sean gives a little smile. The Cincinnati Reds would win the NL Central, and the Dodgers would win the NL West. Your two wild card teams out there would be the San Diego Padres and a tie between the St. Louis Cardinals and San Francisco Giants. So there would be more tiebreakers there. But Sean, as the only fan of a team in the uh the top of the standings Diego you kind of count even though they're not at the top of the a or the NL West any early season thoughts on your Phillies yeah they have looked a lot better I still don't think they're going to make the playoffs I think in my season preview I had them winning 86 games uh but the bullpens looked a lot better Jose Alvarado is so much fun to watch when their games aren't on blackout um the top of the rotation is really, really good. I still wish they'd signed Kevin Gosman. Uh, that would have been a great, really deep rotation. Uh, Not alone. If they stay healthy, I think they're going to contend for a wild card. But if one of Nola, Whelan, and Eflin, Wheeler and Eflin goes down, that could be really rough. The NL East is going to be a tough one. Um, I, I don't think the Mets are a two and three team. I don't necessarily think the Braves are only a 500 team moving forward. Um, and as for Kevin Gossman, no Diego, that is the White Sox midseason trade acquisition. So don't get too attached out there in San Francisco. You also wanted Laz or Yaz last year. Like apparently that's a thing. Like the White Sox wanted Yaz a lot. The fan that, the fan base actually really wanted him this off season. They wanted the Sox to trade for him. Yeah, um, yeah there were some. All that about the fan base wanting him some like offseason plans. So, but I'll, I'll just take Gosman. You can keep yes. <laughs> you can have neither. 
<laughs> White Sox don't need Gosman. They already have a solid top three, and then Kopik and uh, Prochet and whoever else you want to throw in. That's true. That starts. Yeah, I, yeah, you guys I, are fine. I will say that does need to be reevaluated um, at the trade deadline, so we'll see what happens there. But just just don't get too attached because if someone goes down, we're coming for uh, Gosman. A sec tie for the second wild card after a week. I mean, <laughs> where's the thick of it? <laughs> We did take two or three against the Padres. So that was a good series. That's impressive. Yeah. That was a good series. Thatcher looks like he just got up this morning with his little yeah. yawn in the side corner down there. <laughs> so to recap a little bit of the news across the week, instead of me talking at you for five minutes like we did last season, what we're gonna do this season, at least try, is what we're gonna call around the league in 60 seconds. So each of our panelists here will get 60 seconds to cap recap what they consider the biggest news, the highlights of the week. They can do it however they want, informative, fun, write a poem. I don't really care. <laughs> but it's better than hearing me talk for five minutes about the news. We are going to start with the longest tenured member of Diamond Digest on this panel. We're going to start with Diego. You got 60 Are they the longest tenured in general? I don't know if you're the longest tenured in general, but I think you're I'm longer up there. than I am. But you're up there. Okay. Uh, okay. So around the league in 60 seconds. Uh, most exciting thing that's happened so far, Joe Musgrove, the San Diego native, throwing a no-hitter. It was absolutely fantastic to watch. Uh, now every team in Major League Baseball has a no-hitter for their franchise. Joe Musgrove pulled through. Very fun to watch. It was exciting. It's really cool. The Padres are a fun team. But on the flip side of that, they lose Fernando Tatis Jr. Uh, for at least a little while, which is really tough to watch, tough to see. Uh, hoping he'll be able to bounce back. Uh, as soon as he possibly can, because he's good for baseball. You love to watch him. The sport's just not the same without him. Uh, going around there, we've had some other pretty solid pitching performances around the league. Uh, some teams that you wouldn't expect have been playing pretty well. The Orioles are 500 right now. Um, the Blue Jays aren't are below 500. Not something people expect to see. The Angels have been impressive this year uh, so far. The A's have been not as impressive this year so far. But it's all. Ben, I mean, baseball's back. It's good to see. We're seeing a lot of fun stuff and can't wait for several more weeks of this. Just several? <laughs> At least four. He's not wrong. I'm not. True. Uh, Sean, let's go to you. All right. So on the team side, it hasn't taken long for the Dodgers to remind everyone they're really, really good. They're probably going to challenge for the single season win record. In the AL, the Astros are reminding everyone, oh yeah, they're still a great team. They might win 95 games this year and no one should really be surprised by that. But for me, it's been mostly about individual performances so far. Mike Trout continues to be Mike Trout. Jacob deGrom has been DeGromed twice. He's given up one run in, I think, what, 14, 14 and two-thirds innings. He has an ERA of like 0.6, and the Mets are 0-2 at his starts. Um, one that's really stuck out to me is Julian Merriweather has just been unbelievable in the Blue Jays' bullpen. Uh, that's been a lot of fun to watch. Um, Jordan and Thatcher, I apologize. The White Sox bullpen has been not as fun to watch as I expected, although Garrett Crochet is still a personal favorite. Uh yeah, that's. I think that covers all the guys I wanted to highlight, except for the ones I'm going to bring up in overreactions later. 
Oh, look at that teaser. Yeah. Foresight. Let's, the Sox bullpen hasn't been fun for anybody. It's, yeah. it's fun when it's deployed correctly, but that's <laughs> seen a, a lot of last Twitter rants about the that's a 10 Sox minute bullpen. rant. Yeah. That's not a good avenue for me to go now against Trout and Rendon. You need to use Liam Hendricks when you have the lead. I don't think they've done that or, 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 or in a safe situation. I mm. they have not done that yet. And it's game eight today. Where um, I already feel myself going down the wrong road. We're turning it over to Thatcher for your <laughs> around the league in 60 seconds. <laughs> All right. So the Reds have offense is actually showing some life after failing to do so in the postseason. Um, Nick Castellanos is showing he's a really fun player and did not deserve that suspension at all because you see NBA players doing that on the regular in games. So Nick Cassianos did not deserve that suspension. Uh, it was nice to see uh, Lance Lynn throw a complete game shutout in his debut at as a White Sox in guaranteed right field. Um, and then the Nationals, I do not think, are a 1-4 team. I think that they're way better than that. I just think – the COVID stuff has hit them hard, especially when Jonathan Lucroy is your opening day catcher and he did not make the White Sox opening day roster over Zach Collins and your mean Mercedes. So, yeah, that's about it. That's all I got for now. I actually like that a lot. I think we're going to keep that. That was different. That was better than me talking at you. And that was around the league in 60 seconds for these guys. I, I think we, we highlighted some of the big things, you know, the no-hitter out in San Diego, but also Tatis getting hurt are two very big storylines um, in, yeah. in terms of what's happening, especially what's going to what's gonna do to the Padres. I, I, I'm reading things that's saying they're probably going to bring Tatis back sooner than later. I'm curious to see what kind of shape he's in. I, I, I don't think that's good for his long-term health. But yeah. that that's completely separate topic for the Padres to decide. I, I that worries me a little bit. Yeah, especially yeah. with injury con- concerns in the past. I, I think that's good to bring back early. Just let them let them rest. You've got enough depth there in San Diego, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they won. good position players. Yeah, mm-hmm. they're as well equipped as anybody to replace someone yeah. like that. Right. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get the same production, but you're going to get something. I think that's really it for the weekly well, recap. Oh, go ahead, John. Let's bring up Otani. Oh, yeah. I thought that was going to be some sort of reaction early in the season. but yeah, I oh, figured oh. it's going to be mentioned at some yeah. point. <laughs> but Otani's a good point, just completely obliterating both sides of the ball currently. Um, Otani's doing what everyone hoped he'd been doing. Right. so exciting. Just that doesn't, It's not exciting when it's against your team. That's fair. It's still fair. pretty exciting. It was still pretty exciting, <laughs> but it's not as exciting yeah. when the Sox lose. Yeah. You can't, it's hard fair. to get like, behind it when he's dominating your team. You're like, oh, this sucks. Get him out of here. <laughs> Just give it a week and you'll be fine. Yeah. Hey, yeah. Blame the Angels' other two way player for that one. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jared Walsh. <laughs> Jared Walsh. Yeah. The, the, Jared Walsh. That, also that broadcast was something. Yeah. I was on, I think I was on the hot mic for it. Yeah. I was on the hot mic for that game. So. Yeah, that broadcast was something. But let's get into our main segment, the seventh inning stretch. My favorite part, because I get to arbitrarily award points based on how I think people are arguing on this. There are absolutely no rules. 
for the point scoring other than you have to do it all in under 60 seconds because we like to keep these recaps to um to, to keep the conversation going so i got seven questions here for the seventh inning stretch i know super clever best argument determined by me and only me arbitrarily wins <laughs> let's start with inning number one our first question of seventh inning stretch this year Give me your best and most dramatic overreaction, either positive or negative, to something that has happened to start this season. We are going to start with Diego. All right. Uh, so I think my biggest overreaction so far is that the Oakland A's need a fire sale out there, that they are going to be an awful team this year. Three and seven, what are they doing? Get rid of Chapman, get rid of Olsen, get rid of everybody, start from the ground up. Like just like their stadium needs to be started from the ground up, but the team instead. Uh, but yeah, I think the, the A's have looked not great uh, this year, and I've seen a lot of people complaining about it. A lot of people are like, "Oh, I, they're, they're supposed to be, you know, competing for that uh, the title in the AL West," and I think they still will. It's just, you know, we're ten games in. Calm down. Uh, so I think the A's uh, they're not super like talked about all the time because you know it's a pretty small market team, fun to watch, good for baseball, but a lot of lot of people on Twitter are like. Get, get rid of everybody. It's time to start over. Like, it's not. Just give it some time. But, yeah, that's my overreaction. Uh, the A's will be fine, but uh, people seem to disagree. It's easy to overreact 10 games into the season. I will say that. It is. Being a Sox fan. Thatcher, what you got? So, my biggest overreaction is the Nick Madrigal slander on Twitter. I'm a Nick oh, Madrigal Oh, boy. Supporter, and I know I'll get hate on for this, but he has played less than 40 career games. He's jumping into a season where the Sox are all talking that they have World Series aspiration. He's a young kid. He's going to be fine. I think he's going to put it together, and the Sox will not have to worry about a second baseman going forward. I'm a big Madrigal fan, and I think he will be fine. I don't see. I see him eventually putting the ball into the outfield for some and then racing out some extra base hits because he does have some speed. And that was shown in the Mariner series as he reached first to third on a hit. So, uh, and his defense, I think he's just nervous out there. I, I don't think he looks nervous and you can see him get down on himself after he makes a bad play. So, you know, he's, he's taking it to heart. So I think Nick Madrigal will be fine. I am a noted fan of the pick but i have since soured since he was drafted um i don't know how that's gonna fare for your point standings on this one but we're gonna talk to sean and see what he thinks <laughs> all right here we go and i am so happy to say it because i am a huge fan of this guy i think he's the true most fun player in baseball byron buxton is finally an mvp candidate he has a 322 WRC+. Plus. He already equaled his walk total from last year. I know it's been 26 plate appearances, but come on. Byron Buxton is here. He hits the ball super hard. He might be the best defender in baseball. Unbelievable base runner. I'm a huge Buxton fan. I've had him fourth in my top 10 center fielders two years in a row. I had my top 40 players overall this year. He is an MVP candidate. All he needs to do is put up 500 plate appearances, and he will be getting at least down ballot votes. And if he stays healthy, he is the number two center fielder in baseball behind the GOAT. That's a statement. That is a statement. Yeah. 
I, so, I almost oh. want to give it to you for making a statement like that. But I am a White Sox. Here's the arbitrary part. I'm a White Sox. <laughs> so I'm not, I, I, I am all for twin slander. I'm giving the point to Diego for the absolute fire sale while wearing an Oakland A's jersey and hat. I am. I am. The Jersey's the best Diego. part of that franchise right now. Let's be real. <laughs> point to Diego as we head to inning number two. Joe Musgrove threw the first no hitter in Padres history on Friday night. How impressive do you consider this no hitter to compare to some of the recent ones and predict who will throw the next no hitter? Sean, since you technically probably had the best argument on that one, but I didn't give it to you, I'm going to let you go first. <laughs> okay, so I thought he was super impressive. One hit by pitch, he had, what, a dozen strikeouts, something like that? He was super impressive. Um, he wasn't, like, up to the level of the historic Kershaw no-hitter or either of the Scherzer ones, but those two are Hall of Famers. You, you can give him a pass there. Uh, he was really close to the level of the Giolito no-hitter last year, and that was super dominant. Uh, it was certainly better than the Alec Mills one. Um, but the next no-hitter, this one's a pretty easy one for me. Every time he pitches, I tweet that he's pitching this day. Uh, I hope he's the best pitcher in baseball at some point. It's Tyler Glass now. Uh, he has the nastiest stuff I've ever seen. He's a ninth-inning guy throwing seven innings every game. And now he had, can I say the name of his new pitch on the, on the recording? Um, sure. He added the slutter to his raw to his arsenal. It's looked great. He's getting a ton of ton of swing and misses. He's only had two walks in 15 innings, which is a huge improvement for him. He's still averaging like 97 on his fastball. He's going to throw the next no hitter. And if his pitch count is too high, well, remember it's the raised bullpen. Thatcher, um, so yeah, I'm agree that Joe Musgrove's no hitter was pretty impressive, and I actually was going to compare it to the Lucas Giolito no hitter from last year, mainly because the Rangers and Pirates are kind of similar offenses in the fact that they aren't very good, and he got a lot of swing and misses as he had ten strikeouts. The only bad thing was he hit Joey Gallo, but I mean I thought Joey Gallo would be the one to break it up, and he didn't so I think it was pretty impressive I think you can't take away from it just because you I didn't take away from Giolito's no hitter and it was against the Pirates so I don't think you can take away from Musgrove's no hitter against the Rangers especially because the Rangers offense kind of has had some hot bats lately so I don't think you can take away from it as, and I think it's really impressive so no matter what it's a no hitter that's really hard to do and it's impressive and for who I think will throw the next no hitter uh, I'm just going to be biased here, but I'm going with Lance Lynn. He he was dominant in the home opener start. He had like 63 pitches through six innings, and the only reason his pitch count started getting higher up is because he gave up two straight singles. And But he had like a no-hitter, a perfect game in like the fifth, sixth inning, and the only reason it got broken up is because no he didn't go cover first base on a ball hit to – like the second base gap that Abreu went and got because they were shifted. So I'm going with Lancelin. It's a biasy pick, but I think he has the stuff to do it. Funny story about that Lynn thing. Like my dad was like, why didn't he cover? I'm like, I think the big dude was just like, this is not worth it. I'm dealing. We've got a four nothing late. I don't think I'm, I legitimately think he was like, I'm making a decision here to not cover first base. Uh, I respect it. I was like, I totally respect the, the fact that he looked at it. And was like, I, <laughs> 
I'm up for nothing. Yeah. I'm dealing whatever. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so funny. I would love for that to be the story. Diego. All right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, extremely impressive. No hitter one hit by pitch. I think Lucas Giolito is the obvious comparison. Like I hate to just agree across the board, but I mean, I think that's really where it's at. Like it was a very impressive. No hitter. Lucas Giolito's no hitter last year was extremely impressive as well. Um, and so it's just, it's just, you know, no hitters are fun to watch. And I think uh, the next no hitter uh, is going to come from someone you don't really expect it to. Cause Joe Musgrove wasn't someone anyone thought was going to throw a no hitter this year, except for people who were like, he's vibing. He's vibing. I remember who that was, but like Joe Musgrove's vibing. That, that uh, was my was that <laughs> There we go. Perfect. Uh, so yeah, the next, uh, the next picture I think is going to be vibing uh, this year is going to be Jose Barrios, the twins. Not the top of the like tier pick, you think, but he's got really good stuff. He's fun to watch, and in a division uh, where he uh, plays the Tigers, uh, Cleveland, and the Royals, and I don't expect those teams to keep up the production quite as much as they. I mean, they've been all been pretty solid so far this year, um, but they're gonna show their true colors eventually. Barrios is gonna get plenty of starts against them, and I think if any, it's gonna come from any division. It's gonna come from the Twins or the White Sox as well. So, um, Jose Barrios, I like the pick. I like watching him pitch, and I think you can do it. I like all three of those picks. Um, I'm not going to assign points until we figure out if one of those actually throws a no-hitter, because if I assign a point and then someone else throws the no-hitter, well, it's not so fair. So, no points looks for that. bad on last. So, um, I, I actually like all three of those picks. Those are all really sneaky good picks. Um, unless there's a ground ball to first base anytime soon, Lynn's not getting it. Um, <laughs> inning three. Trevor Bauer had, this is actually a very interesting topic. Trevor Bauer had, quote, multiple suspicious baseballs sent to Major League Baseball for inspection. As you know, Major League Baseball has said they're going to start cracking down on the the amount of foreign substances used on baseballs, looking at things like spin rate or taking balls directly out of play um, right when they see it. So my question is, how much will MLB actually crack down on this suspected foreign substance use? And do you, be, do you believe there's any ulterior motives surrounding Bauer's inspection so early in the season? As he has multiple suspicious baseballs in play, and as we know, he's been pretty outspoken about um, how easy it is to increase your spin rate just using um, some sort of foreign substance. Thatcher, we'll start with you. So I think with the suspicions in here, I think it's based on mostly just Bauer for now because he's been so outspoken and just because like he has his YouTube channel and how he's always kind of against the MLB it seems so I mean the MLB is probably against him in a way and I see it as Bauer's like he used to be super against foreign substances and he wanted the MLB to crack down on this stuff and they didn't so and I guess if he figured you can't beat him then you join him and I heard a theory that Part of the reason why he got so much money from the Dodgers is because he found a way to develop a substance that doesn't get detected, and he was going to share it with the rest of the Dodgers pitchers. I don't know if there's any truth to that, but Bauer's spin rate did jump up in the past years, and I don't really think MLB is going to crack down on it as much. I think they're just kind of setting this as like a warning shot, basically, like, hey, we're serious about this. We're going to look into it, but not really at the same time. So that's my take on it Diego yeah um I think that um the MLB is probably not going to come uh you know down with a hammer anytime soon I think um the multiple suspicious baseballs from Bauer 
just because kind of like that just said, it's like Bowers, like I hate the MLB, but here we are. It's kind of like how it feels. Um, and he's been, you know, known for a flair for the dramatic from time to time or every single day. Um, but it's what he does and it's kind of just his brand at this point. And so the suspicious baseball thing, I think is almost what he wanted if you think about it. Um, so yeah, I think if anything, the MLB is just trying to gather this data at this point. So I think it's probably, you don't, won't see any, uh, suspensions or anything for it until next season at the earliest. And so I think that they're going to be covering their bases now. Um, he's probably being targeted a little bit. Um, but he wants it. The MLB is going to give it to him, the uh, reporters and everyone. So, I mean, just let Trevor Bauer be Trevor Bauer. You like him, you hate him. He's just going to be him. Nothing's going to stop that. So, Sean? Uh, so I have a little bit of a different view here. I think they are going to crack down a little bit on the real obvious guys, Bauer, Garrett Cole. Uh, but I think it'll fade over time as they realize, like, okay, maybe you can track this with a four-seam fastball, but there are still guys throwing – there's Devin Williams throwing a 3,000 RPM changeup or airbender and – Dylan Maples is the spinniest pitter in baseball. There's nothing you can do about that. So I think they'll lay off after a while. As for Bauer, of course, it was targeting his... He and Rachel Luba sell legalized pine tar shirts. Of course, they were targeting him. But that being said, I'm really happy to see it. He deserves it. Uh, I'm all for Trevor Bauer being a bad pitcher. I'm all for anything happening to him. it would be great to see him get suspended. It would be great to see him put up a five ERA. And in this answer, we have seen the spectrum of where you can probably lie as either a fan or a hater of Trevor Bauer. I happen to personally be a fan. I think he's nuts and I love it. Um, and, and I do think my personal opinion is there, there was some clear targeting here. Um, I'm going to go with Thatcher on this one for posing that insane conspiracy potential theory that he developed a potential substance that can't be detected. If you're going to come on here and throw that conspiracy theory, you're going to get a point from me. <laughs> I hadn't heard that at all. Like, I had not heard that at all. Neither, neither had I, but imagine like Dustin May with that. Yeah. Oh my, imagine the entire just bullpen with that. Mm-hmm. As if they yes. really need it. Like, let's yeah. be honest. I know, right? Victor Gonzalez or Corey Knabel would just be unhittable. Walker Bueller. Yeah. Literally. Literally already has high spin though. Yeah. Yeah, but higher spin. True. <laughs> <laughs> Increase more. <laughs> oh, inning four. Let's jump to it. We've had many debuts so far, some pretty impressive ones, especially from guys like Akil Badu, Jonathan India, and Yermin Mercedes, who, although he did have a plate appearance last year, this is technically his debut. Uh, that's just to name a few, of course. Which of these players do you feel is most likely to keep up their hot streak to begin the season? Let's start with Diego. Yeah, so I think Badu has been incredibly fun like to watch, to just witness what he's been doing. His first three games, this three major, you know, the yeah, the triple game three, the home run, he had the everything going for him in those first three games. Production-wise, I'm not sure if he'll be able to keep it up. He doesn't also, like, get the most playing time on that Tigers team. Uh, but I'd, I'd see, wouldn't be surprised to see it increase. Um, of the three names you just gave, I think um, India is probably the most likely to continue, like keep it up. I think he's going to get the most playing time of those three. Um, and we're going to see what he does. He's great on defense. He's made some highlight 
real plays already. Um, his like savant numbers aren't the best in the world, but they'll they'll improve over time. He gets more uh, at bats, more play appearances. I think uh, the defense alone will make him an impressive player. And I think for a rookie uh, on the infield, that's enough. So I like India a lot. I think he's going to be doing some pretty cool things this year. And so that's my pick for keeping up. I didn't word this question particularly well. If you feel there's someone who's had a hot start that isn't one of those three, Sean and Thatcher, you're more than welcome to name them. Uh, I did not word yeah. particularly well, but Diego, mm-hmm. I don't feel bad telling you after the fact. So that's okay. Sean. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to agree with Diego. I think India is the best player of the three. Uh, he's the best defender of the three he's gonna he plays second base so he gets the positional adjustment at least in f4 um he's gonna end the season with the highest war but he's not hitting the ball hard at all i was looking yesterday he has something like a 270 x woba and i know it's only a few games but still that doesn't bode well of these three i know i slandered him earlier the answer is mercedes he's probably going to get the least playing time of the three of them so just statistically he's going to regress the least uh, this hot start will mean the most for him. But I'll go off the board for my real answer and say Taylor Trammell, who's not off to the hottest start, but he has a 104 WRC+. plus. He hit his first major league home run yesterday. Uh, I think he's looked really impressive. I really like his swing. Uh, he's really athletic. He's probably going to continue to get some playing time even when Kyle Lewis gets back uh, and when Kalenic comes up. Just because the Mariners are the Mariners, they're going to try out whoever they went, whoever they can, and they're probably going to trade Mitch Haniger. I know you want him traded to the White Sox. Um, Keep it trending. Let's go. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll, if I have to pick one of the three, I'll say Mercedes. If I can just pick any rookie, I really like Taylor Trammell. Thatcher. Yeah, I like the Trammell. Guess your answer. I like the Trammell pick. I was thinking him, but I've got to go. Your my guy, your mean Mercedes. To be honest, he's actually put together some really good at-bats. Like, watching him in-game, he's got, like, much better plate discipline than people would have expected, in my opinion. He's taken a lot of first pitches and just working counts. He's not caring as much as people – he's not really caring at all if that people thought he would. I think the only time – the only game he's struck out so far this year is the Otani game, and Otani's looked really good. So, it makes sense. He's – Giving Tony Larusa no reason not to play him this year. He's connecting offensively very well. Hit a 485 foot home run. He's putting the ball. He's putting the ball in play too. It's not like they're they're in. He's popping out, but they're deep enough where runners can move on that stuff. And I just think with his production, and he will get a lot of playing time just because. And they're testing Andrew Vaughn out in left field to, to see if he can play there to replace Eloy because they regard of him very highly of his offensive talent. And Collins, they see him as more of the backup catcher more than anything else, in my opinion. And so I think Mercedes is just going to continue to be the DH until he stops hitting, until the car runs out of the gas. So Mercedes is my pick. The Savant numbers look really good. Yeah. Yeah, he's really hard. Yeah. This is where some of the subjectivity comes into play. I'm going to give everybody a point for a completely different reason. Diego, Jonathan, <laughs> India is on my fantasy team, so I like your answer. Sean, you mentioned Mitch Hanniger to the White Sox. That's an automatic <laughs> point. Thatcher, you picked the homer pick, and your mean Mercedes, you all get a point on that one. 
<laughs> you mentioned handing you to the White Sox. That's all it takes. That's all it takes. <laughs> Keep that trending until it happens. <laughs> Inning five. Hashtag. Fact Hashtag. or fiction, we as fans overrated the Toronto Blue Jays. Sean. I'll say fiction. Um, at least on my end, I, I didn't have the Blue Jays as a wild card. Um, I had them coming a little bit short just because I think the Rays are really good. Um, but the Blue Jays are going to be fine. Hyunjin Ryu is great. Uh, Ross Stripling gave up a lot of runs in his first start, but I watched the start. His curve looked really, really good. His control looked really good. He struck out five. He only walked one. Uh, Steven Matz has looked pretty good. Uh, the back of their bullpen, I really like a lot. I like Dulles. I like Romano. And I already mentioned Merriweather. Springer's coming back at some point. Uh, Vlad has been really hitting. Kevin Biggio can't stay this cold forever. Um, I, Alejandro Kirk is going to get more playing time at some point. He's going to rake. Uh, he's also just insanely fun to watch, so I really want him to get more playing time. The Blue Jays are going to be fine. They're, they're in a tough division. The Yankees are great. The Rays are the Rays. But the Blue Jays are fine. They're going to win 89-ish games and be in contention for a wild card spot. Thatcher? No, I'm, see, I'm going to go with fact. Just a, only for the fact that because George Springer got – no one expected George Springer to go down early. And I didn't really think their pitching was that strong to begin with outside of Ryu. I think they had a lot of unproven guys who could be good if the, if they put the stuff together. I mean, I had them as like – I think the team – outside the best team outside of the playoffs i think I, in my rankings i had the rays better because i think the rays are an incredibly talented team and they always find diamonds in the rough so i think the rays are a better team and i just the blue jays are going to be a good team there's no denying that they've got the great young talent on offense that will carry them to success but i think as fans we did overrate the blue jays just a bit because we really haven't seen them put it all together yet as a team. And Diego. Uh, yeah. So I am going to agree with Sean here. I think uh, we did have not overrated the Blue Jays. I think the, that pitching is going to figure it out. Uh, Ryu was my Cy Young pick. Um, I like Ryu a lot. Uh, I think he's sneaky good. I watched him for a lot of years with the Dodgers playing kind of second fiddle to Kershaw for a long time. Got kind of, I don't want to say run out of town because that's not what happened. It's just they got better pitching, younger pitching, and the Blue Jays were the beneficiary of that. Mats will be, I think, really good. That offense definitely has the star power, and George Springer is going to be back at some point. He's going to hit well, I would think. Um, the Blue Jays, I think, are a solid team, but that division is what kind of holds them back. The Yankees are really good. The Rays are pitching gods. So, We'll see what happens there, but I think they can sneak into the playoffs. I wouldn't be surprised if they finish outside the playoffs as well, like Thatcher said. But I think that's kind of where most people have rated them, either like the second wild card or right outside the playoffs. So I think they're perfectly rated for where they're at. Um, they're a good team. They're fun to watch. And ultimately, I think that's kind of what matters here. Uh, but, yeah, we like I like the Blue Jays. Their bullpen's cool. Merriweather, uh, Diamond Dodgers' favorite, Rafael Delis. Can't go wrong with that. So, yeah, I think they're perfectly rated where they are. I think, I think they're going to be fine. 
Point's going to go to Diego because, Sean, while you did make a similarly convincing argument, you mentioned Jordan Romano, who's somebody drafted before me in our fantasy <laughs> league, and therefore I could not take him, even though I like him, and that brings up bad memories. So Point's going to go to Diego. <laughs> well, while we're on the subject of the Blue Jays, what happened with Ryu in our preseason starting pitcher rankings? Where did he fall? Oh, only myself and one other person had him in their top 20, and I had him six. Really? I think I did. Yeah, I think you're the only other one. I didn't remember I, six. I think I, had him, I think I had him like six, seven as well. I just think there's probably too so many pitchers to pick from that people just forgot about him. Not probably. I think forget it's a, about him. He plays up in Toronto. I think yeah. it's a very forgettable pick. I would say. Yeah. yeah. N- nothing against him. He's a very good pitcher. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's very easy. Cy Young pick. Yeah. I mean, there, there's like Sean Diego. It's like Cy Young type talents. Like. Well, yes, but I also probably just forgot about him, truthfully. Yeah, absolutely. He's so. he's a forgettable sense. pitcher. No fault of his own. No, it's absolutely no fault yeah. of his own. He's just quietly, consistently good. Yeah. So. Inning six. Over the weekend, the Yankees optioned Domingo Herman after two pretty brutal outings to start the season. Given the information that has come out surrounding some of Herman's actions off the field over this offseason and... Um, and just some of the general reaction to him earning a roster spot this season. Is this the beginning of the end of Herman's career? And we will start with Diego. Um, so, yeah, Herman, not great start of the season. Uh, he, I, not a fan of Herman. I don't think it's hard to say anyone really is. Um, is this the beginning of the end? I hope so. Do I think it is? Probably not. And that's just the sad reality of the sport, sports world. Um, a lot of the time, these things don't seem to matter. Um, and it's unfortunate it shouldn't be that way, but it's kind of where we're at. Um, I think myself and a lot of other fans of anyone, any team, any sport at all, would like to say that that's something that would easily end someone's career, but that's not, that's not the case. So do I hope it's the beginning of the end? Yes. Is it, is it going to be the beginning of the end? Probably not. And it's unfortunate, um, but it's it's the world we live in right now. So, yeah, that's that's what I got. Thatcher, yeah, I'm not to agree with Diego here. I I don't think it's going to be the end, beginning of the end of his career because I feel like the Yankees known for having a lot of injuries. I think one pitcher goes down, he's going to be one of the first guys called up back up to the big leagues. I mean, the Yankees seem like they don't really care about that type of stuff, like the off-the-field issues with players. So, I mean, I, I agree with Diego totally that it should be the end of his career, start to the end of his career, but I don't think it will be. And Sean? Yeah, I'm gonna. we're going to agree across the board here. It really should be the end of his career. But the Yankees don't really care. Zach Britton is the one who was really opposed to Herman being on the roster. He's hurt right now, so he doesn't have much of a say. Uh, and even though Herman's got crushed in his first two outings, like people are hitting the ball really hard against him. It's like a 48% hard hit rate. His strikeouts and his walks are right in line with where they always have been. The Yankees have Kluber and Tyon in their rotation. One of them is going to get hurt at some point. I, I hope not, but it's going to happen. Uh, Herman can't keep giving up five homers per nine. It's it's just not possible. Uh, he's going to be back at some point, and Yankee fans are still going to cheer for him. Yeah. 
I think y'all kind of hit on it. There's an unfortunate reality that comes in sports. It's a business first. And if he serves some sort of purpose to the business, he'll stick around. Um, certainly not the only case of some sort of domestic issues off the field. Unfortunately, probably won't be the last, but ho hopefully at some point there's some sort of stand against um, th these sorts of actions. So, yeah. But again, the unfortunate reality of baseball is a business at the end of the day. There's sports no in general. Sports in general are a business. And don't, we as fans don't tend to view it that way, but take that step back and you can see it's the unfortunate reality of the situation. Yeah. It's not even the only one on his team. Right. It's ah, just, just, how it be, just how it becomes sometimes. Mm -hmm. But let's jump into the final question here, the seventh inning. Joe Musgrove said he drank 11 or 12 bottles of water during the no-hitter he threw, yet somehow held it in. Quote, that was one of the one things I didn't want to break the superstition of. I didn't want to have to use the bathroom in the middle of a start. Give me your best superstition, your craziest one, whatever it might be, or your best superstitious moment. I've got a ton of them. I am incredibly uh, superstitious. Thatcher, we'll start with you. My biggest one is probably the biggest one across the board, and it's an obvious pick, but it's talking about the no-hitter or perfect game <laughs> while going on. I mean, I can, like, I'll be watching the game. It's only the fifth inning, and then it's just like, I'm like, he's got a no-hitter or perfect game. And my, my brother will come and be like, See if it, he has a no-hitter. I'm like, shut up. Don't talk about it. Like, he's I remember, vibing. He's I remember, vibing. Yeah. I remember, <laughs> I remember watching like a Miguel Gonzalez White Sox start at a restaurant at once, and he had like a no-hitter through five or going into the sixth inning, and just I'm like, no one say a word about it. And I was here like, I'm I think Jason Benetti is like the king of talking about it while it's he, going. he says it a lot <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, dude, shut, up. shut up i know it doesn't do anything but it's just like shut up you're not supposed to talk about it it's like i like you as an announcer but dude just don't talk about it <laughs> sean well i was gonna go with vibing but uh vibing <laughs> now i'll go with a, a completely non-baseball related one uh so when I was in high school, I was on my team, my school's uh, classic scrimmage team, which is basically quiz bowl. Um, and we were really, really good. We were one of the, one of the best teams in the state. We were a, a top 10 team in the state two years in a row. Um, nice. Well, we had a tradition. Um, so for, for whatever reason, my class was really good. It was myself and two other guys in my class played varsity four years. Um, so we had a tradition since our freshman year when we went to the regional tournament our freshman year uh, that whenever we had a big match, uh, we would all get a bottle of smart water. And it started out just as a punny thing. But uh, <laughs> when I was a junior, we won our regional tournament <laughs> and ended up uh, tying for fourth in the state tournament. So and then uh, so we decided, hey, it works. Um, and that actually outlived my class because, uh, when I graduated, my girlfriend became the captain of the team and kept that tradition going. That's awesome. It's, it's only crazy if it doesn't work. Diego. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, I think tradition superstitious kind of go hand in hand. I'm also a super superstitious pers person. Yeah. I'm very superstitious as well. 
Uh, something I do every day. I absolutely have to put my left shoe on before my right shoe. That's absurd. <laughs> and I, I, same thing with my socks too. So if I have socks and like if they're labeled left and right, and I pick the right one up first, I will put it back down to put my left sock or shoe on first. That's absurd. And I notice when other people put it on their right sock or shoe first. Like my roommate was putting on his like shoes before we left to go somewhere. I'm like, why'd you put your right shoe on first? He's like, you're insane. I'm like. You're not wrong. So, but yeah, that's like, that's just me. That's what I do. Something else that's completely random that I do. I have to like chug an energy drink right before I take any math exam. I started my freshman year of college and I'm four years into it. And here we are. But yeah, I am also a very superstitious person. I got to give the point to Sean for having a tradition outlive him. However, Diego, you made a real strong push right there. That's absurd. That is absurd. Look, I'm here now. It's only it's only that it doesn't work, right? The fact that it's shoes and socks puts it over the top. Look, I don't know what to tell you. I think it started when I because I played soccer in high school. I think that's where it started, and then like forever after that, I'm like it's gotta be the left first. I don't know why, oh but here God. we are. I mean, I shouldn't make fun of you. I'm super superstitious. Like the the sliding shorts I used to wear for baseball, I had to wear the same ones if I had a good game. Socks, same thing if I had a good game. Had to wear the exact same socks. No hitters. I have. A, I'll make this quick. I have a few fun stories about no hitters. Giolito's no hitter about the fourth inning when i'm like oh this is a no hitter i had my leg crossed like on top of my my right leg crossed on top of my left leg my leg was completely falling asleep i did not move i did not move i did not say a word (laughs) after the fourth inning um my my leg you i could not feel my leg after that game (laughs) um what oh no hitters i i had to go to sleep well i well mark burley was when i was a little bit younger so i was like 12, 13, 14, 15, maybe even a little bit younger than prime that. age. Um, so the prime age for you have a bedtime, you got to get up and go to school the next morning. Mark Burley's 2007 no hitter. I was 10. Um, no, it wasn't 2007. I think whenever it was, I was like 10 or 12, something like that. I, it, my mom was like, time to go to bed. I refused to say he was throwing no hitter. So I missed the back half of that no hitter. Uh, and his perfect game, we were at Friday's, the restaurant. Um, and we were like in the seventh inning and we left and I didn't say anything again. So we were in the car listening to it instead of being at the restaurant watching it. So I refuse to say things during no hitters, even if it's like, Hey mom, can I really just stay up to watch this game type? Like I refuse to say it. So I've missed those two. Um, but I, when I played, like I would change out batting gloves. If I went 0 for 3, I'd walk up there without batting gloves. I'd roll my pants up, pants down, mid-game. One time I was 0 for 3. My pants were able to be rolled up, but also left down. Like they were weird like that. I rolled yeah, them up that. after going 0 for 3 and hit a triple. I'm like, it's because of stupid stuff. Like I am insanely superstitious. It is really bad. Um, but those were all really funny ones. I'm glad we talked about that. Uh, didn't that, that was phenomenal. Didn't a kid in the Little League World Series do that a few years ago from that uh, Pearland, Texas team or whatever would have like his socks up when he was pitching and down when he was hitting or something? I, I think I, so. Yeah, I think so. And I'm like, oh, I, I relate. I love the World Series. So the League I World Series relate is the to best. that. Yeah, I have, I have some with the club, like bit during baseball games where like I think my, my team was in the championship and we won the first game and we played really well. And my mom's 
we're like, oh, it's because my pants were rolled up. We played well. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I have to roll them up for the next game as well. Yep. Yeah, like- Plus, I think it's funny. Uh, you mentioned the like the um, being places and like not moving during no hitters because I don't do that too. Like early 2010s when the Giants had like three or four years consecutive, like Tim Winscombe and like sandwiched by the mat came perfect game. Like I, I remember one time I was sitting in my bed in the most uncomfortable position. Fifth inning, let's come story with no hitter against the Padres. Did not move. It's oh, like, is that a? It's uh, so stupid, but yeah. still, it's like I'm not doing it any differently. Exactly, it's yeah. funny, but Jordan, I'm now really if you're at a restaurant, you can just show your mom your phone, and just be like. <laughs> I know it's just like you never thought of it. It's like we yeah. just left. I'm like, I'm not gonna say anything. We're just gonna keep because it's like you could have thought of vibing earlier. It's like, yeah, he's vibing. Yeah, we, we are behind our time here. Only thinking about it in uh, 2021. You could have saved me like 10, 15 years ago. <laughs> no, I'm glad that I have my headphones on for this because when you mentioned the Giants no hitters, my roommate, who's a Giants fan, is like 10 feet away, maybe like right outside, <laughs> and he would have gone off for 10 minutes about the Chris Heston no hitter. Oh my God, the Chris Heston no hitter. I remember sitting. And I was at a cheesecake factory and we walked in in the seventh inning and I stood by, there was one TV that had the game on. I stood there for 35 minutes while my family went and ate dinner. I stood there watching it until it ended. And then I went with them after they're like, where have you been? I'm like, don't worry about it. Don't worry. Like he <laughs> threw no hitter at worked. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well that was fun. Seventh inning stretch was fun. I'm glad we did that last question. I think Diego, had the most points. Yes, he did. Diego, very yeah. good round for you. Um, the most experienced member of this week in baseball. So that's your show. Certainly two, for two and four. Yeah. So at least you don't have to sit and listen to Callie beat up on you on this one. 2021. So. I'm ahead of Callie for the 2021 <laughs> season. Yeah. Shout out to Callie. on the leaderboards. Yeah. Shout out to Callie's <laughs> marital problems or inability to spell on our Discord. <laughs> Go ahead. Let's bring it home here and let's talk about what we're going to be watching this week. So this is where we talk about um, maybe a matchup, maybe a debut, something that we're really looking forward to that we think you should be too. We will start with the winner and go with Diego. All right. I'm going to round out everything here with my A's everything today. A's Diamondbacks is what I'm watching today because kind of bringing up back earlier, I said like the fire sale people are right there. I think this A's Diamondbacks series is going to be a very good indicator of how the Oakland A's are going to look this year. The Diamondbacks, not the best team in the league, not the worst team in the league. If they can take at least two games, I think the A's will be absolutely fine. If they get swept or only take one from the Diamondbacks, I think there's a lot more reason for concern. And so a team that a lot of players, I think I had the A's actually winning the AL West. Uh, it's a lot of lot of concern for a lot of people. So A's, Diamondbacks, plus like the A's are a fun team to watch. And the Diamondbacks aren't the worst team to watch in the league either. So it's, it's going to be a good, good indicator of where um, these both these teams may be standing after or for the rest of the season. Sean, what you watching? Uh, so mine's a game today. I'm going to have to pirate it because I'm New York-based. So I don't know. Happen. What is that? We don't know what that is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but Brent Honeywell, finally. He, yes. He's back. It's been years. He throws a screwball. I'm really – I know he's just going as an opener today. He'll probably go like two innings or something, maybe once through the order. But I'm really excited to see what he has. It. 
he looked great at times in the minors. He also looked really bad at times in the minors. Uh, I hope he looks great today. Uh, if for no other reason than I did the Rays season preview and said he was one of their like 70 major league players. Apologies to whoever had to edit that. Um, <laughs> Shout out Rudy, probably. Yeah, probably. But yeah, Honeywell is going to be a lot of fun, I hope. And Thatcher. So I'm going another bias. I've been pretty biased this whole podcast. So nothing wrong no with way. <laughs> no way. I I didn't I didn't notice. I wasn't sure. <laughs> and there is nothing wrong with it. So I'm going, of course, White Sox Indians, mainly because the Sox are going to have their three best pitchers going that series. Uh, with Dylan Cease going today, so Carlos Rodon will be going tomorrow, and then Giolito, Keiko, and Lynn will follow. So. Um, and to see how the first time, like the, a big AL Central matchup this year, because the Royals, no one really expects them to contend this year. So interesting to see how the Indians favor against the Sox this year and how the Sox favor against the Indians, a team they struggled with majorly in 2020. It's a team good you got to be. Matchups. Good pitching matchups, but a team you got to be. Love good yeah. pitching matchups. Yeah. So yeah, the Royals are kind of interesting. They have some guys who could be big at the deadline, like Kyle Zimmer, who was just so dominant last year. You could definitely see like the Padres or someone who needs bullpen help trading for him. Yeah. The Royals could also just be like a half decent team this year. Yeah, like, the Royals could easily yeah, be totally over five hundred, and I wouldn't even blink. Like, yeah, like I didn't expect that, but like here we are. Right. So yeah, Michael A. Taylor uh, MVP season. <laughs> yeah, MV Taylor, am I right? I just don't think their starting pitching is good enough to yeah. hold out. No, probably not. But what if it does? But it's like if it does, if it all kind of works, <laughs> like it, it's like there's a world in which it all works, and that's yeah, that's be this might be this one. Yeah, so that's the crazy thing about baseball. It's a good thing it's back. But we love baseball. That's going to do it for us here. Um, thank you all for joining with our first episode of season two of This Week in Baseball. Make sure to follow us on our website, diamond-digest.com, at Twitter, at diamond underscore digest. Keep track of all these little dashes and underscores because we did a great <laughs> job keeping these straight. Instagram, diamond.digest. <laughs> and then as well as on our YouTube. And now we're doing things on Twitch and Hot Mike. Um, so make sure when you see those streams come up, make sure to tune in, especially if you're someone who doesn't like the, um, the national broadcasts. We're watching the same cool. games, but we're having a little bit of fun doing it. Um, and, and we know that it, it, it's not necessarily something that everyone wants to tune into is that national broadcast. We provide that outlet uh, for everybody else. So make sure to follow us everywhere, especially those hot mic streams, um, those Twitch streams where we're doing live games too. Uh, we just got a different crew than everybody else. But got a whole group of talented writers who are already on the page. We're going to be adding a whole group of talented writers soon. Basically, we're really excited about the season and what we're going to bring, and we think you should be too. So thanks for tuning into this episode. We'll bring you one every week. We're looking forward to it, but make sure to check out all our other great content as well. For Diego Franco Carreno, Sean Hoff, and Thatcher Zalewski, this is Jordan Lazowski signing off. Take care, and we'll talk to you next week. See you soon. Go baseball. <laughs>